0: Welcome to my Sensuality Empowerment Podcast. My name is Sharon Hoffman. I am dedicating this podcast as a platform for men to feel inspired by the people I interview in the sensuality community. I want to encourage men to open up, to get curious, and explore how tapping into their sensuality can be life changing. As a coach, I help men to break away from their limiting beliefs or conditioning they may associate with shame, guilt, or unworthiness, especially when it comes to intimacy, self-love, relationships, or their purpose. Sensuality for me is about being in your vulnerability, your softness, passion, and It's giving yourself permission to be seen and heard in all of your essence. This afternoon, I sit down with a very soulful and sensual Andrew Moneus. I have known Andrew for 15 years. He wears so many hats in our community. He's been a yoga teacher for 20 years. He's a dance choreographer, yoga philosopher and also a transpersonal counsellor. Iker spent hours covering his journey into his life, but today we talk about the exploration into his sensuality, how his suffering with sexual and emotional trauma drove him down a path of spiritual curiosity, and Tantra being a big part of his healing. Andrew defines Tantra and the benefits to tapping into his energy body, accepting and reclaiming the shadow part of himself being the lost pieces of his soul, which is also referred to or known as our darkness. Seeing the shadow as an opportunity to love this part of ourselves with love and compassion. Andrew speaks about the bullying and shame he experienced at school in his younger years and how educating and empowering others has helped him heal and step into his teacher hat with grace. He talks how meeting and working for Tina Turner as her dance choreographer was the pivotal moment that turned his life into his spiritual essence as she actually initiated him into his spiritual journey, even before Tantra or yoga came into the picture. This is such a fascinating story you don't want to miss. He also talks about his new direction in life, drawing upon all his strengths and greatest passions in life, being yoga, Dance, Philosophy and Storytelling. Andrew is actually running a number of dance workshops called Dance of the Deities which is yoga philosophy combined with dance, the perfect storytelling. He's gained quite a bit of international interest with these workshops so I'm so excited to see how this unfolds for him and really hope I can attend one of these workshops in the coming weeks. Make sure you have time to sit back, relax and enjoy this very raw and honest chat with Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to my podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. I have been really looking forward to our chat. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Mm. I feel this interview is going to be a really a raw interview. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to cover a lot. Mm -hmm. And... I know you have such a colorful as we spoke earlier such a colorful and intriguing background and it's going to be very easy to get lost going down different rabbit holes <laughs> so I'm very conscious that I've got to keep this on track sure, no problem. um but look I am really interested today about talking about sexuality, mm-hmm. sensuality. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very, as you know, I'm, this is my path. I'm very passionate about this. And I know this is a big part of who you are. You're such a, a sensual being. Yes. So that's a topic that I want to cover today. Great. Great. Mm. Now, tell me, how did your journey coming into your sensuality begin for you, Andrew?
1: Mm-hmm. I think before I begin to share um, around the awakening of my sensuality, I really would like to go back to where that was really disconnected okay. and where it um, became uh, unplugged mm. uh, from my sensual nature. Mm. Um, you know, I came, I came from a beautifully loving family, um, all women. <laughs> I've got uh, two sisters, um, four nieces. And my dad died when I was very young. He passed away when I was seven. So I really didn't have male figures around me, but I mm-hmm. had lots of um, strong feminine um, figures. And that um, was really hugely beneficial for shaping my ability to be able to tap into the feminine. Um, you live with women for long enough mm-hmm. and you can really tap into um, their cycles and, and mm. uh, their emotions. And so I was really able to tap into that from a very, very young age. Um, Early on, there was trauma in my life. There was uh, not only sexual abuse, but also a lot of bullying at school and physical abuse, mental um, trauma. And um, that uh, really created um, a a big disconnect. And I wasn't really... I didn't have any friends in school, Mm. really, up until year 12. Losing my father at seven, again, was this other loss. And I really stuffed the pain down with food and became really obese. And so I really, um, and I also was, you know, I knew from a very young age that I was gay and going through school, I remember it's awful to, to talk about it. Um, but you know, I've, I've come a long way with, with being able to, um, you know, be at peace with it now, but for, for every day, pretty much my mantra in school was, um, uh, Roll along, Mr. Fitness, your fat poof to walk. That was really what I heard every single day in the quadrangle. And so say that again. Roll along, yeah. Mr. Fitness, your fat poof to walk.
0: Are you serious? That
1: every day, pretty much, yeah, every day. Um, one of my um pe- wow. my my PE teacher, uh, obviously being overweight, I hated PE, <laughs> and he. That's
0: going to be damaging.
1: Oh, it was. I mean, it was it was um, you know, it was really traumatic, yes. and he. Gave me the nickname Mr. Fitness, and all you know, of course, all the all the kids at school latched onto that. So that became oh. the mantra that I heard. Mm. But the benefit and the really the the wonderful thing that I've been able to take out of that was very early on, I made a choice that I never wanted anyone else to experience that mm. ostracism and that abuse. So, and it, it gave me an enormous amount of empathy and compassion, particularly to. Um, men and women but mostly women uh, I was um drawn to who were overweight and mm. and and had issues around the weight because I realized that those food or weight issues were really around trying to stuff or, or numb the emotional pain that was there um and I've always as I've as I've grown and developed and uh, moved along my spiritual path I have become more I've always looked at the traumatic things as being like, where's the lesson? Where's the, the grace in that? And um, as traumatic as it's been, it's been really mm. wonderful on the other side of the spectrum because it's taught me so much about humanity and yeah. um, kindness and mm. um, deep empathy and compassion. Mm. Um, one thing I did make a real choice in also was that if I wasn't going to excel in sports, <laughs> I was going to excel in something else. So I studied really hard. So mm-hmm. I really excelled in my... Um, studies and, uh, you know, pretty much got um, high distinctions, both, you know, in school and also in university. Um, so uh, I made a choice in the transition between high school and university. I ended up going to uni uh, and studied optometry. I lost... An... Did you? Yeah. I wouldn't
0: have guessed that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I lost an enormous amount of weight. Um, it was at a time when... If we are going back to the eighties here, right, mm-hmm. so um Love this the was 80s. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> i uh when was I in uni I was in uni from eighty four to eighty eight and there was a, that whole gender bender mm-hmm. period where we had boy George Marilyn yes. divine, we had all these you know mm-hmm. um breaking the sort of stereotypical wham. just wham. <laughs> George Michael. <Yeah. laughs> We were breaking the stereotypical distinctions between male and female. And so that was really liberating. And um, I remember in in uni, uh, Madonna was huge at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, And I had a different Madonna T-shirt for every day of the week. And those long jackets where you would have these badges and I would have Madonna badges down the lapels. And so my nickname in uni was Madonna. And, uh, again, that sort of, it was almost like taking on this rebellious, um, part that I didn't want to conform. Um, and yet I still was really, um, wanting to find the joy in life Mm -hmm. because ultimately I'm a really joyful person. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, I finished my, uh, degree and I moved to Melbourne pretty much to break out of the closet because my mother was forcing me into getting married and having children. And... Oh,
0: so your family weren't aware of your no, sexuality? No. Okay. I mean, I'm
1: sure they were, but mm-hmm. it was never spoken about. I'm
0: sure um, you dressed up you know, in that kind of outfit uh, with Madonna badges and things. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> that would have been a bit of a sign,
1: right? <laughs> well, see, this is the thing. Ah. Because of the period of the gender bender, it was, it was the sign of the time, so I could actually okay. get away with that. Okay. Um, you know, but certainly up the, the closet door broke open when I when I moved mm-hmm. to Melbourne. I got my first optometric job here. Mm-hmm. But I, that's not what I wanted to do. I actually wanted to be a dancer. And my mother shut that down very quickly when I had asked her very young, look, mum, I want to be a dancer. And I had many years of Cypriot folkloric dancing under my belt. But she said, nope, that's for girls. You're not going to do that. Mm. You're going to go to uni and, and get yourself a degree. Yeah. So I did. And it was wonderful. I mean the education the educational side of things I, I loved. Um but, you know, you can imagine once you get into practice in a darkened room, um, <laughs> look saying the same thing, looking into the eyes with an ophthalmoscope and saying which is mm-hmm. better red or green, which is better one or two was completely <sighs> mind numbing. I um so, you know, I I practiced for about four years full time and then I got really sick and I was not I really wanted to fulfill my dreams to dance and see the world they were my two real dreams mm-hmm. so um, I went off and I did that and um, I, I, because of my background I really started to develop some really unhealthy behaviors um, and it, on a sexual level, um, on an addictive level, it was just really not... Uh, they weren't, were not wise choices in those uh, years of growing up. And also through dancing, I loved what I was doing, but I wasn't loving myself. Mm. And that was very clear. Um, pretty much at the peak of my career, uh, through dance, I had a spiritual awakening. And then I had an injury. I blew my knee. Um, my visa ran out in London. I had to return back home here to Australia and I got even more ill. Um, But I met then, I I was meditating for a spiritual healer and a teacher that was going to be able to support me to find more healthy ways of um, connecting with myself Mm -hmm. on a physical level, Mm -hmm. on a sexual level, on a personal level. Uh, emotional level mm. on a spiritual level that awakening was pretty strong okay. and um, I was very fortunate to find a teacher at uh, a, an, a pivotal time in my life mm. um, and that was really to answer your, your first question that mm. was really the opening doorway into my sensuality mm. um, where I started to actually see the divine and see uh, what I would, you know, what we call Shiva in Tantra, Mm -hmm. that one consciousness that imbues everything. I was able to awaken to that and to see that in everything and everyone and in my interactions and within myself. And that stirred a very strong Kundalini awakening um, that really stirred the sensual and the sexual part of me mm. in a way that I had not tapped into before. Yeah. Um,
0: so that was through Tantra? Through Tantra.
1: That was really, you know, and it, it's no coincidence that given the sexual trauma of very mm. young that then, of course, I would find a more holistic form of yoga to be introduced to that was then going to heal the earlier traumas and the wounds. Yeah and make those actually really um, meaningful, Mm. as horrific and horrible as they were, I refuse to sit in victimhood and have always been one to look at the hero's journey and think, well, how Mm -hmm. can we rise victorious out of those things? Many things have happened Mm -hmm. to all of us. We've all experienced pain and suffering. And um, certainly through my teaching and being a yoga instructor, for nearly 20 years now, Mm. Um, what's informed my teaching is, okay, this has happened in your life, this has happened in our lives. Uh, A lot of it has happened outside of our control and a lot of it has been inflicted through our own choices. Mm. But now what? Like, now what? Mm. And that's been, uh, you know, wonderful in many ways um, because I, I can honestly say that uh, I really see that each one of us has the potential to heal Mm. through our yoga practice, through tantra through greater self love through seeing ourselves as not separate from others Mm. Um, yeah and through that kindness and compassion with Mm. one another Mm. that's one of the things I love about Mm. tantra
0: I would love to know how you define tantra because Mm. i think you know for people the listeners out there that don't know what tantra is or they have this misconception of what tantra is (laughs) i know i was one of those people growing up really thinking it was this magical mystical sex act you know (laughs) that's what i thought tantra was all about and then obviously going on my own journey with tantra i see it so much more than that yes uh I mean, a healthy relationship with ourselves. Yeah. is a healthy sexual relationship with ourselves. It's yeah. our sexual energy, but a lot of people don't know how to tap into that or are resistant to going there because of this yeah, idea what Tantra may mean. So I would love to understand, in mm. your words, how you define Tantra. And, and maybe talk about, I mean, I'm sure there will be listeners out there that don't understand what Kundalini awakening
1: is. Mm. Okay, so to answer your first question, There are really two broad um, definitions of Tantra. Um, Ultimately, they're one and the same. One of them is um, to expand consciousness. Any tools, modalities, practices that allow us to expand our consciousness to the infinite wellspring available to us through um, source. Mm -hmm. So that awakens us. To Shiva is everywhere, wake up. That was one of my first teachings. Pure, in other words, pure consciousness and pure awareness mm-hmm. is in everything, wake up. Mm-hmm. So that's one definition of Tantra. Yes. The second definition of Tantra is to loom or to weave or to thread mm-hmm. all of the things that we are passionate about that make us who we are, that have shaped us and also informed um, the evolution of, of our being. Mm-hmm. Um, and weaving those threads of shakti of energy onto the greater tapestry of that one consciousness, mm-hmm. Shiva, that is um, that then continues to grow and expand. So both of them are really allowing us to expand consciousness. Um, the second definition ultimately is um, giving a little bit more depth in terms of saying, well, okay, if you've been if dance has been a part of your um, history. Um, that's that's a thread that you can weave into the tapestry. If sexual abuse has been part of that, healing that sexual abuse may be part of the tapestry, and also the thread itself of the abuse um, can be part of the tapestry. Mm. You know, it could be a sort of darker shade, mm. rather, and and the the healing might be a sort of uh, lighter, greener, pinker shade that you would thread as a mm-hmm. colour on there. Um, if like for me, astrology was a big part of my. Um, upbringing and uh, passion and became almost like an obsession because I, oh, I started, really? yeah, from when I was 15. So it's 35 years of exploring Tantra, um, sorry, astrology um, within Tantra and there's a synergy between those. Um, and it could be anything like, you know, it could be for someone cooking or gardening or yoga or um, uh, anything that, that, is, that they're passionate about. Um is part of that big tapestry that then you as an individual soul is able to transmit mm-hmm. The body itself is recognized as this sacred temple, mm-hmm. and it was one of the first times when Tantra was introduced to the west that the body in its entirety was given was able to be seen as this divine temple mm-hmm. and that was not only from the heart chakra upward mm. which a lot of yoga practices were um emphasizing and 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 sometimes that was a translation um of what that people believed that yoga was and is is a raising of consciousness but tantra allowed us to include the lower energy centers of the body and that included not, not only our personal power, our will, um, the foundations of who we are, in other words, our family, our connection mm. to our tribe and to nature, mm. but also inclusive of our sexuality. Mm. And it was, you know, one of the first uh, times that that sexuality and, and sexual practices were included in that equation. And so therefore when it was introduced, you know, in the 60s, 70s to the West – Everyone latched onto to the sexual side of it and went, oh, Tantra is the sex yoga. Mm-hmm. But that's only a portion of the equation. Just um, such a
0: small portion. Yeah.
1: But an, an, an important portion because we are sexual beings, we are sensual beings and we are creative beings and all of those um, aspects, creativity, sexuality, um, sensuality, flow and fluidity, masculine and feminine principles as well as our interactions with others, are all about... All of those themes are, are around sacral chakra. That's right. And they're important themes in Tantra, but that's not the whole story. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do is look at the entirety of... Um, but the, the chakra system plays a big role in Tantra, as mm-hmm. you know, and it recognises that we have a phys- the physical layer, but um, overlaid with that, Embedded within that is our energetic layer, our pranic layer. Mm -hmm. And that has a lot of information that has been taken in from the time that we entered into the world. Actually, even from conception and being in our mother's womb, there's information and pranic energy Mm -hmm. that is being embedded and encoded into this physical temple. Um, Some of that is really aligned and... um, uh, thriving and some of it can get traumatized and blocked mm. and part of the journey um, through tantra yoga is to be able to continue to recalibrate and realign ourselves so that we're functioning at our most optimal blueprint and the optimal divine level that we have yeah. uh, incarnated into to function yeah. at
0: in all our in all our essence yeah yeah Mm-hmm. beautiful. So I've to say It's a beautiful definition, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so how has you know, we talked a bit about how, you know, you've how you've found Tantra or Tantra found you and yes. how it's empowered you and heal you. Yeah. Can you talk a bit about that how it has helped with your, your sexual trauma or yeah. how it's yeah, nice. empowered you as a as a man to come into your, your sensuality with acceptance and love and compassion?
1: Yeah. First principle in tantra, which I love, is to see the divine in everything. Mm-hmm. So the divine order and the divine grace in everything and everyone. So if we, if that is a is a principle, one hundred one foundation, mm-hmm. then things that have that we deem as potentially negative mm-hmm. or unsightly or um, unacceptable, that often we shame in our lives, mm-hmm. that's not some cosmic error or divine mistake, but rather from this principle of Tantra, if everything is divine, then we look at it from that perspective mm-hmm. and that changes the lens. Mm. The second aspect of Tantra, which I really love, is, is that nothing is excluded. Everything in our lives is included. And in particular, the shadow parts, in other words, the undeveloped parts, mm-hmm. are not necessarily all negative or dark, mm. but and some of, some of the shadow qualities are that, mm. But rather the parts that are undeveloped and stunted and kept small, that um, those shadow parts in Tantra are actually considered to be the springboard that propels us more deeply into the light.
0: Yeah. And And, and I'm I'm not guilty, but um, I'm definitely one of those people that, having found Tantra, was working with my shadow on a deep level. Yeah. The parts of myself that I had really suppressed... Yeah. Or just put aside for now until I was ready to do the work. Yeah. But the, the shadow has been my major gift. Yeah. For sure. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, I just interrupted no, you. No, no, not at all. <laughs> no, it's, it's
1: really, uh, that's, mm. you know, a beautiful addition and, a, a, you know, a valid um, weaving into this conversation around what shadow is. And w- none of us, mm. let me emphasize this with, you know, pom-poms and high kicks, <laughs> no, none of us are immune or excluded by that we all have our shadow mm-hmm. very often you know and we've heard it I'm sure we've heard it before the brighter our light the darker our shadow mm-hmm. and the shadow is not something that is negative but actually it is an important part of becoming whole yeah. um, and that for me is what yoga is about for a long time uh, I really kept focusing on the light the light the light and mm. shame to the dark
0: yeah. Same. Always chasing the light. Yeah. And going external for that chase. Yeah. What can that healer do for me? That shamanic person can do yeah. for me. Always externally going for that healing. And when I realized actually, I'm fucking awesome. There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> I don't yeah. actually need to be healed. I'm perfect yeah. as I am. Yes. I just need to accept that part of myself that I'm not accepting. Yeah. That was the hardest thing to actually I suppose, yeah, do.
1: Yeah. And that Work. that shaman that guru that teacher outside that we seek actually is simply a reflection of that which is laying within us totally and that's been a beautiful part of um, Mm. the exploration um, over the course of these 20 years Um, yeah one of the contemporary beautiful contemporary teachers in shadow work she's passed now Um, her name was Debbie Ford And she had, um, she wrote a book and there's a DVD available, which is wonderful for those of you wanting to, um, for any of the listeners who are wanting to really explore shadow work. It's called the shadow effect, wonderful DVD, great book. She wrote two other really wonderful books that I love, which is, um, the Dark Side of the Light chases mm. and Why Good People Do Bad Things ah. which is really great yeah. and her whole premise was to really extend on Carl Jung's work around mm. the shadow and he was really the forefather and uh, uh, coined the term shadow uh, was to bring to give that a voice to actually acknowledge that the shadow and bring in inverted commas light to that. In other words, consciousness to that. So we bring it closer rather than push it away. Mm. Extraordinarily liberating when we can do that and really own those dark parts and recognize that they're simply parts of us, but not the totality of us, mm-hmm. um, but they're an important part of the shaping of who we are yeah. and to try and separate or push that away. It would be like trying to cut off a limb. Yeah. You know, really they're they're extensions or parts of us, but not the totality. Mm. So I really loved her teaching. Um, You know, one of the things she had, one of her slogans was, that which we can't be with won't let us be.
0: Ah.
1: I'll repeat that again. Yes, (laughs) I which think about that. That which we can't be with won't let us be.
0: Ah, I love that. Yeah,
1: it's it's fantastic, and it? Um, it it the, more, the more that we push away that mm-hmm. part that we don't want mm-hmm. to include or to own yes. it just keeps showing up in yeah. really unconscious yes. destructive ways mm-hmm. um, her other slogan and teaching again very simple but powerful is if you don't utilize the shadow it will use you oh. if you don't use the shadow it will use you. It's
0: so powerful. Yeah. I love these yeah. profound statements.
1: Yeah, and when we sit and contemplate just on those it's two. They're so simple. They're simple and yet so deep. And so deep. In, th- in theory, they're quite simple, but then in practice, it's a yeah. whole other ball game. Yeah. Um, mm. So she spoke also about the golden shadow. And the golden shadow is twofold and Jung spoke about this Carl Jung taught this as well that the golden shadow is the very dark parts of us that are so unacceptable that that we shame and hide behind mm-hmm. and I've been so guilty of that particularly in the first 10 years of um, my teaching in yoga I was so uh I became so vigilant in trying to conceal those things and it's those parts of us that ooh if anybody found those out would I be loved would I be accepted would Mm -hmm. I be included and so we push those away and mask those and expend so much energy trying to hide them and yet when we can actually go okay I'm going to own this it can actually be the golden shadow Mm. um and the thing that brings greater meaning and gifts to us. And the other part of the golden shadow is anything... We can't see something in another that we can't see within ourselves. So another part of the golden shadow is anyone that we are inspired by or we look up to, whether that be, as you said, a guru, teacher or a shaman, Mm -hmm. um, is actually the qualities that are laying within ourselves, Ah. still undeveloped, Mm -hmm. but actually the golden shadow is the parts of us that we... Actually, are seeking to be mm. in a really powerful, uh, constructive, luminous, radiant, mm. empowered part of ourselves. Yeah. Inclusive of our sensuality and sexuality, yeah. which is really something that mm-hmm. you've um, focused a lot on, uh, you know, as part of your work. Mm. That these this too can be our golden shadow. Yeah, oh,
0: I like that. <laughs> I'm going to read more about that.
1: <laughs> be grateful.
0: Um, <laughs> So, I just want to take you back slightly, and I don't know if you if you don't mind speaking a bit about your, your sexual trauma. Mm. We don't have to go into detail or anything like that, but um, obviously confronting it, confronting mm. what you experienced and, mm-hmm. and coming out with that, and uh, when did you finally kind of break free from the shame and guilt that you had been in with your sexual trauma?
1: I don't know if there was an enormous... I don't think there was shame around it, because... It wasn't something that I had any control over mm-hmm. at such a young age. The memories of that did not surface until I was um, 2021, 20, uh, And then the memories all came up and then it was validated. And, and you know, I, I found that then the process for me was to reach a point where I was able to acknowledge that what happened was unacceptable, mm. but I wanted to come to a space of forgiveness. Mm. And so that was a real emphasis that I placed on that portion of my life and um, have still to this day, uh, I'm still... I've come a long way, but I'm still in process with that. Okay. And um it feels like the final link of going to, let's say, the... The deep core wound of mm-hmm. the trauma, and since my mum passed last year um i've been able to then dive even deeper into that mm-hmm. um, and it's been it's still in process, even you know after what well thirty years of having the memories and the and the uh, the realization of the impact that that had mm. but again i'm it, it's almost as if I think the best way I could describe it is, and particularly since mum passed, is that I've had to now parent that child mm-hmm. and actually uh, bring that part of me closer as, yeah. as the child archetype and actually tap sure. into the mother within me mm. um, to nurture that because, you know, it was it was not something my mother would never have placed me in a situation that that mm. never happened, she was such a loving woman, um, but yeah it did and, you know, it's something that you know, I never spoke to her about, mm. and it was something that I okay. was was unnecessary for her to know. Sure. Certainly, in her eighties, seventies, and eighties, it wasn't something I was going to bring up. Yeah. Um,
0: because the reason I'm touching on on this, Andrew, is there are especially men, yeah. um, a lot of men out there mm. who are or who haven't come out, and um, yeah, who haven't come out with what they experience. There's so much shame and guilt surrounding them around their, their trauma of experience. It doesn't have to be sexual trauma. It could be emotional trauma too. Mm-hmm. And it can be quite unconscious, but they have suppressed and they just won't allow themselves to to feel what they need to feel. And mm-hmm. so it manifests in different ways. It could be physically. It could be you know through um, abuse. Mm-hmm. It could be through certain dysfunctions. Yeah. You know, it comes out in many forms. So yeah. I know there's a, an... I'm just, I don't want to just generalise men there's women out there too that sure. are suffering in silence and I, I would love to just encourage men out there who are who are carrying the shame and this guilt around perhaps some trauma they've
1: experienced mm. and it's one of the areas that I'm really um, still uh, in the work that I'm continuing to do um, having also studied transpersonal counselling and, and specialising in group work Uh, in transpersonal counselling and art therapy, it's still one of the areas that I'd like to create spaces for Mm -hmm. men to actually sit and have a safe, sacred space where they can share their stories, A, to feel not so alone, but B, to actually Mm -hmm. clear and to speak the truth about what has happened. And again, not take a victim uh, mentality, but Mm -hmm. rather, okay, we can't change what happened, Mm -hmm. but we can actually utilise it as... Um, something really useful and empowering and nourishing for other human beings uh, and in particular other men uh because it tends to be not spoken about very much yeah. about men there's, but there's been mm-hmm. an enormous amount of um support for women as you know with the um me too campaign that yes. uh was uh, was really huge last year um you know that I realized that that during that campaign there's a lot of men who have gone through that yeah. to you know Mm -hmm. I could speak for and say me too
0: Yeah, I found uh, with my own training when Mm -hmm. I was in Mexico doing a lot of the somatic work, the embodiment work Mm -hmm. um, that deep somatic work was very very powerful it was very confronting watching other women doing this breath and energy work Mm -hmm. this deep tantra work Mm -hmm. and to see actually what came up, all this years and years of suppressing what they had gone through sexually, Mm -hmm. emotionally, whatever trauma they had stored in their body cell Mm -hmm. actually Giving themselves or allowing themselves to release it energetically mm. was so powerful
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's easy access for people, but mm. a lot of people are just not aware of this work.
1: And not ready sometimes. True. You know, I think you have to be ready to yeah. actually embark on that. Mm. Um, and there are many men um, who actually don't want to talk about it, they don't want to face it, they don't want to acknowledge it. Um, but I think the only... And you can't force people to do that. Mm. I think the best thing um, that we can do is be mm. leading examples of what is possible. Yeah. And so really that's um, what I've become an advocate for, Beautiful. particularly in our yoga world, yeah. where um, I've... Particularly in the past six years, where I've just seen this um, still... And it's getting better, by the way, but this, this hiding behind... Um, uh, a yoga practice and, and not actually uh, acknowledging those parts that very often we have disconnected, disowned, shamed, blamed, mm. um, wish that weren't, it, it wasn't there. And, um, you know, I think that it's far more... I don't know, I view a yoga practice as... Um, not just simply being a union of body, mind, spirit, but all masculine and feminine, but our light and shadow, yeah. and, um, the, and and bringing wholeness. I mm. think that's really the essence of what yoga is. Mm. Uh, in thus far, in what I've been able to embody and understand and really integrate into my own life, yeah. and that is still a journey. Yeah. Um, I'm by no means, you know have it all figured out but I'm certainly that curiosity and inquiry is ongoing and I can on, you know I can I can say with great conviction if I did not have that connection to source mm. it would have been a far more difficult journey
0: mm. yeah
1: and I pray it every day I do my intentions every day um my ritual every day mm. is to run a bath Rather than a shower, oh
0: really, every
1: morning, every without morning without fail, okay. and that again, that water element is again tuning into sacral. Mm-hmm. That is extraordinary healing. It taps into that sensuality and that feminine mm-hmm. part. Um, the full moon, I'm totally in tune yeah, with that, yeah. and I feel like you know mm-hmm. I almost have a cycle just like ah. women do. <laughs> and it's it's ah, I sympathise. Seriously, I think living with the women was a big part of that because wow. I would get. You know, <laughs> the, the, the grizzly parts. <laughs> yeah, totally. The moodiness, the chocolate cravings, the oh. snappiness, and then as soon as you know, um, the hilarious. women had their sight, like had their period. It was like, oh, it's okay. Let's just you know have some chocolate. Yeah, let's just eat and chat. And... <laughs> was... oh, um, so I feel really good. blessed that I've been able to tune into that. So yeah. my my feminine's really strong, even though I'm and you know, I'm, my is I mean, this male incarnation, and I'm certainly in touch with my masculine side, I'm also really um, blessed that I've been able to tap into the feminine Mm. side even more so. Mm. Yeah.
0: I want to talk a bit about uh, your your dance background, actually, because I know this is something that is quite big in your life at the moment, but I'd love Mm. to listen to hear how it kind of all started for you, especially... Mm. You know, working overseas and yeah. working for Tina Turner. Yeah. Oh my God! I want to, so many questions I want to ask, <laughs> but I'll let you do the talking. Yeah, because she, as you mentioned, you talked earlier uh, when we were before this this podcast. Mm. Uh, she initiated your spiritual journey. Totally.
1: Yeah, it was really unexpected. I, um, like I said, I, I sold up everything from optometry and went to go and fulfil my dreams to dance and see the world. I went to London. um walked into a a club called Heaven and said to the um, owner there, hi, I'm a choreographer from Australia, I'd like to put a show on. I'd already done a lot of dance um, at Bartuccio's, even while I was in optometry. Uh, Plus I had 13 years of Cypriot folkloric dancing from when I was really young up until I was about, or 13 years of it up until I was uh, 21. And... I, I loved, so I started to put these choreographic pieces together. Um, I got an agent and he got me a lot of work and then he said, you know, he sent me for the audition for Tina Turner, um, and didn't think I was going to get it at all, but, um, mm-hmm. went, uh, to the, um, audition as a choreographer and we were given a medley of six, six of her tracks, um. And one of the things that I distinctly remember was we were told not to touch her mm-hmm. and to wait until she was she spoke to us before we spoke to her in that audition. But I remember walking into that studio with the girls that I was um, auditioning with and who were dancers on either side of me that I had trained and we walked um, across the, the studio and I remember my intuition it was a very clear voice and it said you are about to stand in front of one of the most powerful women on the planet mm-hmm. you cannot just stand there and say nothing and I reached my hand out to hers and she shook my hand and I said hi Tina I'm Andrew this is Bobby this is Michaela we're about to perform for you and we really hope you enjoy it she immediately sat up mm-hmm. and said well Andrew you have my attention and, uh-huh. you know we really worked that number and I put some really nuances mm-hmm. that were um, that were distinct and connected to her you know Better Be Good To Me was one of those tracks and uh, you know we catwalked up to her looked her in the eyes really uh-huh. close pointed my finger and went you be good to me uh-huh. and, walked <laughs> and she, she just sat up and, and loved it, yeah. it that portion and I think that she really remembered that connection and so when i finally got the gig uh you know it was a whirlwind we pretty much went to the music awards in france that was golden eye had just been released we were in south africa for 4 months um preparing the tour wow uh in sun city and that was part of the contract and i would and so this is the part of the story that um really awakened my spiritual journey um I would teach the dances in the afternoon i would I would always go one on one with Tina from around twelve till three in the afternoon and um I got there early this one day and i she was she's a devout Buddhist, so I don't know if you know her background, but when she um uh, was with Ike and was severely abused and left mm. the relationship, left the marriage. Um, she turned to Buddhism and, in particular, uh, Daishonan Buddhism. And so her mantra was mm. and is Namyo um, Horen And I walked in on her chanting and it literally went through me energetically and it stirred something that I'd never experienced before. So I sat down with her. Um, after she'd finished her ritual, and usually we would talk before we would rehearse. And she said, um, so how are you, Andrew? And I said, um, Tina, what what was that? Mm. And she said, oh, that's my Doshonan chant, and it's something that I've been practicing every day as part of my... I said, no, what was that? That mm. went through me. Oh, and I remember she looked bumps. into my eyes and she said <laughs> to me, Andrew, you're awakening. And I said, what's that? <laughs> she said, you're spiritually awakening and described what spiritual awakening was and things that I would notice. And so she she became my initiate into spirituality, gave me my first text, wow. Seven Spiritual of Success, and uh, I practiced the Daishan Buddhism. And that became my initiation into... This is before I got to Tantra Yoga. Before I got to Asana was this mantra and the mantra Namu we Let me see if I can get this translation correct. In broad terms, Namu Hodyingekyo means I bow to the unfolding mystical. No, I bow to the mystical law of the unfolding Lotus Sutra. Beautiful. I bow to the mystical law mm-hmm. of the Unfolding Lotus Sutra. Oh, I mean, just that in itself. Is, I love that.
0: I, I love that. I bow
1: to the mystical law of the Unfolding Lotus mm. Sutra. Um, wow. And that in itself continues to unfold. I feel like it's like mm-hmm. a mystical it is. lotus garden that continues to bloom flower by flower and is continually unfolding yeah. and there are there are parts of the lotus garden that are still underneath the water in the mud mm. um, there are those that have broken through the water and are aspiring towards the light and those mm. that are, are in full bloom yeah. The um Hanh, I think is the originator of this statement but Les Leventhal also shares it in his teachings and it's no mud no lotus
0: mm. <laughs> oh, another good
1: one <laughs> no mud no lotus you're throwing them out there today, aren't you? Well, they're... <laughs> <laughs>
0: they're
1: coming... i have going write these down
0: later. Yeah. They'll
1: be in the show notes, guys. It's, it, they're, they're, they're gold. Very simple. Yeah. Um, but so profound, No, you know, to to recognise that without those dark parts, without mm. that unconsciousness, without those parts that are in shadow, the lotus wouldn't exist. Yeah. It, it wouldn't have the ability mm. to flourish and aspire, nor to bloom. Mm. Um yeah, so that's the part of the Tina Turner story that was yeah. um, really...
0: Very significant a in your journey. Yeah, yeah,
1: totally. Can you imagine a, the, one of the greatest beacons of light on the planet initiating and seeing that awakening within me? Yeah. I can't tell you how mm. humbling and, and how mm. blessed I feel. Um,
0: how long did you work with her for it was
1: a six-month contract and um uh after the contract had finished um i they went on tour it was a two-year tour around the world one of the biggest tours of its time at that time i think it was the longest running world tour Mm -hmm. one of the most amazing experiences was um uh being called out of nowhere whilst i was on another gig um by Roger Davies, saying, "Look, one of the girls has unfortunately sprained her ankle, um, and Tina would like you to perform with her." And uh, then I was flown into Istanbul, and I remember then it was six months after the tour had started, had you know started to to run, and um, coming out in front of seventy thousand screaming. Um the scamboons. Yeah. Ah. It, was, it was incredible. And it Ooh. really showed me the light and the power that this woman has to affect and touch so many people. Um uh, but it's her spirituality and her um her consistency with her disciplined practice um that has really again allowed her to be such a beacon of light and I really um I learned a lot from that. I'm
0: sure.
1: I learned a lot from that. Ability to stay with a a mantra that unfolds that mystical mm. aspect of mm. tantra. Mm.
0: Beautiful. Thanks for that share. Yeah, my pleasure. That's great. My
1: pleasure.
0: Andrew, I'd love to know some of your um, your self love rituals.
1: Bath <laughs> every morning. <laughs> <speak> <laughs> um, chanting is mm-hmm. definitely one of those, and so um, I love that part. Um, gratitude practice morning and evening, Mm -hmm. even when I'm having shitty times, I really, um, uh, make sure that I go to bed and, um, wake up in the morning with at least one thing that I'm grateful for. Um, really nurturing the child when it comes to Mm -hmm. call. And usually I will know when it's coming, when, my eating habits get bad mm-hmm. um, when I move into a depressive state because mm-hmm. I have had long bouts of depression that again, that was another part of my shadow that I shamed for many years. Now mm-hmm. I've come out um, and uh, with it uh, and um, I found that in that coming out and owning that mm-hmm. that that has actually diminished the frequency and the severity even though sometimes I have pretty full-on bouts particularly since, again, mum passed mm-hmm. but that's getting better and better. Um and not, like, not hating those parts, yeah. and wishing that they weren't there, but actually going. It's okay, darling. I know you're. What is it that you're wanting today? Because it's an, yeah, it's a just young st- vulnerable. Checking in with yourself, yeah. you're in a
0: child.
1: It's a young, vulnerable part, and of course, yeah. even at fifty, you know, to have your both your parents pass. There is that child archetype that then recognizes that it's it's also an orphan archetype mm-hmm. and. Even you know being able to able to be a parent that child within me is still there, and so that's been part of my self love is to nurture that part um, having really 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 great friends around me mm. who so know important. me so well mm. that they will call me on my shit really quickly mm. and in a pretty constructive but an assertive and uh But loving way. And it's always the... Like, mostly it's the women. Yes. Um, I do things that... I've come to a point in my life that I'm doing things that I love. Mm. Um, I'm loving my dance again. Yeah. I'm loving my creativity again. Um, I'm loving the... Not turning to... um, Destructive behaviours mm-hmm. and re- really sitting in the pain more than numbing it. Yeah. Um, and again, that's a process that vacillates, but it's got it's gotten so so much better, which is wonderful. Um. What else? Um, you know my yoga practice, but not. But I'm not talking about asana. I'm talking about for me the tantra. Yoga, which is turning to the deities, mm-hmm. surrendering to higher will, yeah. um, self-inquiry. Mm. Um, yeah. uh, really, the, all of these are parts of self-love. Trying to reduce the things that I absolutely loathe. I can't stand admin. <laughs> <laughs> Outsource that. I have. Yeah. I have. I've had a brilliant assistant for four years and she's been absolutely extraordinary. Um and so that's been really wonderful. Um, it's again, it's it's. Well, there's just some examples how I self love. Yeah, beautiful. Um, getting massaged,
0: mm-hmm. touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, laughter mm-hmm. is a huge one. Great
0: recipe. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. I have this one friend
1: who's just when I'm down. He, it's almost like he intuitively knows, and he will. Just send me a message that will crack me up, and mm. it just lifts me out of the the sadness yeah. Um, yeah, doing things that are more constructive, like getting out in the sun, going to uh, exercise, um, interacting with people, um, teaching mm. creating spaces for healing. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that they're as you heal, I heal.
0: Mm. Mm. So big.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So these are just some ways, mm. um, and I think finding things that, and in, okay, so an important part of moving out of destructive mm. behaviors and patterns is to actually have something to fill that void. Mm. Something that you love, Mm. something that is meaningful and it gives meaning to your life Mm. and purpose. Uh, I think that's hugely important. Recognising you cannot do it alone, or if you do choose to do it, it's going to be so much harder. Mm. Um, Yeah, so um, that's been wonderful. Um, And just asking yourself that question from Tantra, is which I haven't mentioned but it's, it's in alignment with um, uh, nothing is excluded is to ask yourself is this affirming my life or is it destroying it and then making your choices from there Yeah. every day
0: yeah well I was taught that too with my, my teachings is you know asking you a question am I, am I truly thriving yeah. in this relationship or am I truly thriving in this yeah. job am I being the best version of myself with these people you know and if it's no well that's kind of your answer isn't it yeah yeah but it's getting real with yourself yeah so real mm, yeah. yeah beautiful
1: i'll tell you one. one of the uh, something that's just come up now as we've been talking is every um person that shows up in your life whether that's a relationship an intimate relationship or a friend um Marian Williamson, Williamson. speaks about this, and her teachings are based on a course in miracles. Mm. And she says, every relationship is your divine assignment mm. to be able to see how much work you've done, mm. and are you bringing the best version of yourself to that?
0: Yeah,
1: and, and particularly when the person is pressing your buttons or reflecting the shadow parts of you. It's yes. like, Oh, well let me check that in and flip the um, mirror. And kind of go, well, yes. what parts am I still in process of working? Yeah. And sometimes that's really confronting.
0: Yeah. So confronting,
1: but yeah. amazing when we look, can look at that because mm. suddenly we go, Oh, it's not the one, two, three, however many people that keep showing up, but mm. rather flipping the mirror and going, okay, the common denominator here is me. Yeah. What, vibrational frequency am I transmitting that mm-hmm. is actually attracting that yeah. and shifting that
0: mm. um, I've been working a lot with that yeah, I think over the last right. few years um, I had a tendency to attract certain men into yeah. my life and, and I've recently attracted this beautiful man into my life <laughs> <laughs> because I have so much more self-worth now and so much self-love yeah. but I really battled with that in the beginning of the relationship because that old, you know, habit conditioning around, oh, I'm not deserving, it. and it was very, very subconscious. I wasn't even yeah, aware that I was doing it, but it was that, yeah, unconscious um, thoughts, uh, the, the monkey mind going, oh, I'm not, I'm not worthy of someone should treat me that the way that I should be treated like this. Yeah, and uh, it was really, really challenging me for me to work with that. Yeah, and being with a man who was treating me in the way that every woman should be treated with so much love and respect. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, he's my mirror.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it really shows. Mm -hmm.
0: Shows the work that I've done.
1: Correct, yeah. Great.
0: Yeah. Uh, I would love to know, what are some of your guilty pleasures?
1: Oh, my guilty pleasures. I don't have...
0: Oh, come on. You no, must...
1: I don't have things that I sit with guilt in. But if you want to reframe that, what <sighs> are the things that I love to indulge in?
0: Yeah, okay. That will work.
1: Um. Doing things that don't involve work <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. that I haven't still an affinity for. Pineapple Donuts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah, totally. And if I indulge excessively, they're the things that I know that I'm not uh, going down the, the best path that's and hilarious. that my child is screaming. So oh that's one God. of those. Um, I don't have things that I'm guilty. I, because I've worked so much with not shaming things, mm. I really don't see things as... Um, to, I don't like to feel guilty yeah. about it um travel i absolutely love um i have a shirt fetish
0: i can see that I wish I if i see you you always wear shirt, very colorful shirt um, who's on that one who's that shiva shiva, mm.
1: shiva is everywhere <laughs> <laughs> i thought for a tantric conversation young, you know i'd uh i'd bring that in um guilty pleasures
0: um well i I like indulge indulgence,
1: yeah well, like I said, sweets is usually my go to okay. place okay um uh, i love um what do I love I love watching shows that uh express creativity mm. I love those so you
0: don't like walking dead or
1: no. <laughs> No, I'm more inclined to lean I don't know towards... why I said that. It's because
0: I just know I'm missing out on a yeah, new no. season.
1: The Walking Dead. I've Walking never even Draft. heard of it. It's
0: a zombie, zombie series. Yeah, no. Okay.
1: I'd probably lean more That's towards... my indulgent. ...RuPaul's Drag Race than, than and, and, um, Project Runway in terms of seeing creativity oh, come bro- to life. Okay. I love flamboyant mm. um, creative flair. And seeing how these, from nothing, with a prompt, human beings can tap into their amazing creative abilities, I yeah. really get off on that.
0: Yeah,
1: okay. I get off on that.
0: Now, I feel guilty for bringing up Walking Dead.
1: <laughs> no, well, tits been, so, it's your thing, so, you know. Thing. It's
0: my checkout. Yeah. You know? I go there when I need a checkout.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, Uh, sleep,
0: mm.
1: I yeah, love. That's big
0: for me too. Again,
1: sometimes that's not healthy because it can sort of perpetuate depressive um, loops. So that's not great. But I do love my sleep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I love going out to cafes. And
0: would you go out dancing? No. Is it not? It's not one of your things. No, oh,
1: no it was years mm. ago. No, it's not. So I've, I, I, I. I can't remember. Well, actually, no, I can. I I, I really like celebrations, and I like mm. sort of kind of small stints. Gatherings. Of, yeah, mm-hmm. I love those. But yeah. it's I'm I'm probably surprisingly, even though I, I may seem extroverted, and I like um, spending time with friends, I actually really like my quiet time, mm. and um, yeah, I like just disengaging and unplugging
0: <laughs> i hear you on that one yeah um just a few more questions okay. before we wrap up mm-hmm. uh who have been your your greatest teachers in life And we touched on, on tina turner
1: mm. my greatest teachers i would say my greatest challenges mm. so they're not you know, ultimately human beings. But my greatest challenges are being my greatest teachers. My sister. sister, Actually, both my sisters. I won't... uh, Exclude. No. Actually, well, my older sister was... uh, Really, she's been such a strong force. But my middle sister um, has always been like a Lakshmi consciousness of complete generosity and selfless service. And she was the primary carrier when mum was passing. I've never seen somebody be so committed and devoted and selfless and beautiful. Um, My my mother, Mm. in many ways, has been a real inspiration in terms of being a humanitarian and helping... Mm community
0: yeah
1: um my best friends over the years have been really inspiring um female friends um and I have different relationships with each one of those um Oprah Winfrey definitely um she's great Ellen DeGeneres because she's she's doing the same thing in a completely different Mm. way with humour and dance Oprah with really um being so curious and so interested in people's mm. stories um, that and seeing the potential in those, that's been really inspiring. Debbie Ford is another one who, as I mentioned earlier with the shadow effect. Um, oh, the great leaders who have made significant change in the world, mm. Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, mm. um, Mother Teresa, um, all of these figures that have really you know, made commitment, like really strong changes in the world.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's mm. they're the ones that have really that really stand out.
0: Yeah. I know we haven't really talked a lot about, you know, your yoga journey or mm. your dance journey. The philosopher the, the philosopher yeah. man that you are. Amazing <laughs> yes. philosopher man, teacher, I should say. So much, and I'm and I'm aware that that's this all that will take hours. So I've been really quite uh, conscious of just focusing on you know on sure. sensuality today. Sure. But uh, I think we should definitely get you again, get you here again to talk about the other stuff because it's sure. yeah, just going to take forever. To I have so many questions, but I'm just aware that I don't have all the time to do that, sure. or you don't either. Yeah. Um, Andrew, where can people find you? Because you are doing some amazing work in the community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people want to find out more about what you do.
1: Best way to, to stay in touch, because I pretty much post daily, is to go on um, social media, um, on Instagram, uh, Divine Grace Yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, under my name on Facebook, Andrew Mornaeus, mm-hmm. and also Divine Grace On Facebook, and there's also my website, divinegrace.com.au. I'm also setting up another website for Dance of the Deities because that's been a huge, Mm. um, beautiful new baby and concept, and uh, something that is just Mm. thriving and exploding.
0: Mm. I Um, love, I've I've really enjoyed watching this being birthed. Like, it's been such a beautiful watching from the sidelines. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to participate. I
1: will. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so my my calendar is pretty much booked right up until December. Um, I'm traveling about seven and a half months this year. Um, I've given up all my casual classes. So the best way to stay Mm. in touch is via retreats, um, the yoga intensives, some Mm -hmm. teacher trainings with Les Leventhal, um, Bali-Vienne in Vienna, and also uh, with... um, Timmy Howard, um, who else? Kat Kabira. There's there's different uh, teacher trainings.
0: Yeah, do you do any training, teacher training for any tantra yoga teachers? No,
1: I haven't Hmm. really um, moved into that, although I would say really every class workshop experience is um, imbued with tantric philosophy anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, I also specialize in transpersonal counseling and art therapy, and I really work with facilitating groups and teaching that and bringing a lot of transpersonal work. So um, to go onto the website, divinegraceyoga.com.au, it is undergoing a revamp and so I'm I'm getting a whole new website uh, brought up, uh, being created, as well as the Dance of the Deities, which incorporates four of my great loves weaving those threads, yeah. which is mythology, storytelling, yoga, asana, and dance. Um, and they're two and a half hour workshops. So, um, yeah, that if you go, uh, uh, another way to stay in contact, if you go on my website, there's, um, uh, an opportunity to go into my newsletter okay. and you put your email and then that way I can keep you up to date through mm-hmm. MailChimp newsletters that go out periodically um or social media. Okay. Well
0: I'll put it all in the show notes anyway, yeah, so great. people can find you that way.
1: Great.
0: Ah, oh, such a pleasure having you on the podcast Thank today. You. Thank you so much, beautiful man. Yeah, great it's been to a pleasure reconnect. To be here. And before I actually end this yeah. interview, mm-hmm. I wanted to tell you that you were my first yoga teacher. Over 15 years ago, I was your student at South Pacific Health Club. Oh, my Lord. Seabads. <laughs> That's when I nice. just Yeah, I think I... Wow. God, when I just got back from living in europe for many years i was in search of a gym and they started to hold these yoga classes and i had no idea well i had tapped in a bit of yoga over the years but not really yeah so i started to do your classes and i just loved your classes and you were my regular every week going to your class (laughs) and i was always that one and i always felt so bad i had to leave in shavasana because of the i think.
1: I remember sorry. And I, I don't remember remember.
0: and I used to remember getting a nice girl. I used to whisper, and go, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I'd get up and leave before the class actually finished. That was
1: me. <laughs> I remember. <sighs> yeah, that's triggered the memory. Yeah. Wow, it's so, been that long, huh?
0: Yeah. How it's fabulous. How. That's when i first met you and i wanted to tell you that today
1: and how wonderful that your journey is like your your whole trajectory has gone down this path i mean it's so beautiful to watch that's thank one of you. the other things i love is watching students you know who have gone on their own path yeah so good on you girl mm, thank you yeah
0: <laughs> all right that's it that's it <laughs> how beautiful is andrew what an open share and an open book too. You can see why I had to be conscious of sticking to, you know, one subject. Even though I feel like we covered a few topics on the show, uh, his journey to coming into his sensuality from shame and trauma is really inspiring for others to know. There is always a light, even when you feel you are in your darkness. And also hearing that darkness is our light too. And that at any time we can sit and be in the juices of our pain. Use our body to shift any of those blockages or stagnant energy that just wants to be released. This is the work I do. The potent work that I do with men and women. To feel connected. To be reconnected to their energy body. Uh, We are so conditioned to living our life from our thoughts you know our monkey mind that is leading the way Uh, and we just stop to forget that our body actually is the wisdom Uh, if we're able to surrender into this beautiful body of ours to see the the beauty of our body uh, so much creativity pleasure you know bliss everything is stored in our body and once we are able to tap into this it just offers us so much relief so much freedom and space to operate from a place of pure love and yeah the true essence of who we are which is so beautiful Now, I will add all of Andrew's details onto the show notes, but if you are enjoying these interviews I am releasing, please head to iTunes and rate the episodes and any comments are welcome because that would mean so much to me. I take so much joy and pleasure into having these episodes released out to the community and hope that I can maybe change one, two, or more people's lives um, from these interviews, and and perhaps help people who feel stuck or need some guidance in life. So, if you feel the calling to head to iTunes, please do so. Uh, yeah, I just feel like I, I just felt like I needed to make that statement. It's not something that I would usually. Um, I suppose I'm not one to promote myself like that, but I I, I do want to get my message out there in the community. And if you feel the calling also to work with me, just hit me up. You can reach me, uh, head to my website. All my details are on my website, which is sharonhoffman.com.au. This podcast is empowering.